The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to the Serve Hour, insightful, provocative, opinion-shaping conversations that matter. Your host is Jim Blackburn. During this broadcast, you'll hear from guests who are taking uniquely different approaches to life and their work environment, and you are invited to take part in the conversation. Now, here is Jim Blackburn. It's that time again. Welcome to the Serve Hour and a conversation that matters. Wherever you are and however you may be listening, thank you for making us part of your day. Our topic of conversation today, the double-edged sword called success. What's that, you ask? It's a uniquely different way of viewing success and its harsh realities, which are not what you would expect and which are seldom, if ever, talked about. Our society's general views of success And what is typically talked about sounds like this. Trappings of success, prosperity, affluence, wealth, riches, luxuriousness, opulence. Success is a personal recognition. You're a star. You're a superstar. You're a celebrity. You're very wealthy. You're famous. You're well-known. And how about success as a scheme? Favorable outcomes successfulness, winning, successful results, triumphant. What's not talked about in the topic of our conversation today is that success of any significance includes the challenges of dealing with an emotional double-edged sword that either has you thriving on the cutting edge of life or struggling on the bloody edge or somewhere in between. What I'd like to accomplish over the next hour is to help you better understand this paradox of success as well as how to experience success while living closer to the more desirable cutting edge of life. I'm Jim Blackburn, the host of the Serve Hour, and I invite you to participate with me in today's conversation. If you are listening live, you can call me in the United States The number is 866-472-5790. If you're outside the United States, it's a double zero one four eight zero three nine eight three three five two. You can also email me. It's J Blackburn at serve and it's spelled S U R V E partners.com. And if you're listening to our podcast, please feel free to email me at jblackburn at servepartners.com. Okay, before I begin discussing this double-edged sword called success, I'd like you to do something for me. I'd like you to either take out a piece of paper, or if you're a techie, you can probably do this on your iPad, and I want you to write your definition of success. 
And this is important because I'll have you referring to it throughout our broadcast. Now, I've been asking people from all walks of life for over the past 20 years the question I just asked you, and if you are similar to them, you probably didn't write it. And if you did, it's vague at best. And you probably can't share the same definition if I were to ask you to write it again tomorrow. In all the years I've been asking this question, I can't recall ever seeing or hearing a clear, concise, attainable, and sustainable answer. Yet the words, I want to be successful, have been said at one time or another by all the people I've asked to define success, and I'm sure you've used those words also. This is concerning for me because this lack of clarity is one of the characteristics that draws people closer to the bloody edge of success. Now, what I want to do is share with you the characteristics that draw a person close to the bloody edge, what it feels like, and what it looks like. Then I want to share the same regarding the cutting edge. What are the characteristics that draw a person closer to the cutting edge? What does it feel like and what does it look like? And I also want to tell you that what I will be describing will be generalizations. For all you folks that take what I'm saying literally, don't. This is a very gray area and it's, these are complete generalizations. Okay, what are the characteristics that draw you closer to the bloody edge? You're closer when your definition of success is vague. We've already said that. When it's different in your various life roles. When you say, at home, success means this to me. In the office, success means that to me. It's also, you're closer when the definition of success is more about immediate gratification, pleasure, accumulation and gain. What does it sound like? I want to make a lot of money. I want to have a life nice style. I want to enjoy life and the finer things of life. You also aren't able to attain your success on a daily basis. And it's not sustainable over a long period of time. Now, look at what you wrote. What do you see? And if you didn't write your definition, what are you thinking about? Definitions of success that are about immediate gratification, pleasure, comfort, gain, tend to keep people closer to the bloody edge. What does it feel like? Over time, these are the predominant feelings. And I'm sharing this with you based on self-knowledge. What I'm describing is that the feelings that I was actually experienced for most of my professional life. You're irritable. You're anxious. You're dealing with depression. You're impatient. You're tense. You're nervous. You're angry more than you care to admit. Little things upset you more than they should. 
feelings of being overwhelmed consume you at work and at home, feelings of not being good enough, and you're experiencing some fear. What does it look like? If more than four of the characteristics I'm going to mention describes you, you are closer to the bloody edge than you will want to be. You're probably a workaholic. Check. That was me. First one in. Last one to leave. Receptionist wasn't permitted to tell people I was at lunch. I was always in a business meeting. I never let people know that I was taking vacations. I had to always prove that I was working. Workaholic. Perfectionist. Perfectionist is a blocker to human growth. High need for external approval and praise. Wanting that recognition, yet at the same time, the inability to take compliments. You deflect them. What does that look like? Oh, it wasn't me. It was the team. Oh, it was a team effort. Oh, we all did it together. Oh, I was lucky. Oh, I just happened to be at the right place at the right time. The inability to say thank you when someone says, here's a compliment. You take constructive feedback personally. What does that mean? When someone's giving you constructive feedback about something you're doing, you take it as about who you are. You're not good enough. You're a failure. They don't like you. And more. You're suspicious of others. Low trust of others. You don't like management. Management can't be trusted. You can't trust your peers. You have a high need to control. You want to be in charge. You want it to be yours. You tend to discriminate. You're extremely competitive. You're most likely professionally unfulfilled while you're being held captive by the amount of money you're making. That was me for almost 20 years. You're disrespectful towards service people. You treat the waitress or the waiter in the restaurant disrespectful. You treat the person at the counter and the dry cleaners disrespectful. You treat the flight attendant on the airplane disrespectful. You're never satisfied. Nothing is good enough when done by others. You're described differently by people in your various life roles. You have relationship challenges with employers, coworkers, as well as family members. You tend to be in unhealthy relationships. Now remember, if more than four of these describes you, you're closer to the bloody edge than you want to be. Let me take a look at this from my own perspective. Back when I was a young salesperson, I can remember when my fiance came to the office for the first time came into the reception area, and the receptionist asked, greeted her, and she said, there is see Jim Blackburn. And she, the receptionist said, may I tell him who's here? And she said, yes, I'm his fiance. And the receptionist literally looked at her and said, you're going to marry him? Who was I back then? Workaholic? Check. Perfectionist? Check. High need for external approval and praise? Check. Couldn't take compliments? Check. Take feedback personally? Check. 
suspicious of others, low trust of others? Nah, not necessarily. Have a high need to control? Eh, not necessarily. Discriminate, extremely competitive? Check. You're most likely professionally unfulfilled? Check. You tend to stay in chronically unhealthy relationships? Nah, not necessarily. You treat customers and clients differently than you treat employees and families? What do you think, given what that receptionist said? Not feeling not as good? You're never satisfied? Check. You're described differently by others? Check. So here's who I was. Highly competitive, angry most of the time, not feeling good enough, first in, last to leave, no vacations, not at lunch, hostile in meetings. Let me tell you about a former client of mine, very successful according to our society's definitions, senior executive with an international bank overseeing all the technology worldwide. Mid-40s, married, toys, drove a red Mercedes convertible, had a grand piano, lived in a beautiful home, in Chicago, husband, CEO of another company, grandchildren, children. This person was emailing employees throughout the weekend in the middle of the night. She would call meetings at the last minute. She would rant and rave in meetings. She was a bitch at work. And I was asked to come in and interview her and try to diffuse this. All right, let's go to the characteristics that draw you closer to the cutting edge. You're closer when your definition of success is clear, concise, attainable on a daily basis, and sustainable. And is more about delayed gratification, growth, contribution, and the same in all the areas of your life. Now look at what you wrote, or think about your definition. Again, clear, concise, attainable on a daily basis, sustainable, and it's repeatable. If I were to ask you what it is next week, you would say the same thing you would say to me this morning. Your days are more intentional versus task-oriented. Now what does that mean? Tasks are thoughts to do's. Intentions are feelings from your heart. Tasks are thoughts from your mind. Intentions are something that sounds like, today I'm going to make a difference in the life of another person. Today I'm going to have our employees feeling valued and fully participating in providing them with feedback for potential. Your days tend to go faster. You're making a difference. You're described the same by peers, friends, and family. Now, again, look at what you wrote, and if you didn't write anything, what are you thinking? Now, when I talk about this definition with most people in business, the feedback I get is, Jim, this is not realistic. Uh, This is a bunch of foo-foo stuff. This is soft, feely, fuzzy. We're not into that. We've got a business we have to run. This is all about the numbers. 
And if my response is always the same. If that's your view, you're right. But your struggles continue. So what needs to change? And how does a change go about? Responses being things like, well, we need to work harder. We've got to find better people. We've got to do this. We've got to do that. And my response to that is you're already doing all that. So the key here, again, is how you view success and how you want to define it for you. Now, when you're closer to the cutting edge, here's what it's going to feel like. Peaceful, calm, fulfilling, meaningful, joyful, loving, faithful, and fun. What does it look like? You're described the same by peers, friends, and family. You are accepting of others. You value diversity. You have a low need to control. You listen and ask more than you talk and tell. You accept compliments with a simple thank you. Your life consists of a sense of renewal, abundance, opportunities, and possibilities. You have healthy, meaningful relationships. And by meaningful relationships, I'm referring to there's an exchange of value. Unhealthy relationships draw from you. They take from you. A cliche would be you view your life as a joy to be lived versus a problem to be solved. You have high self-awareness regarding how you feel to others. And other people feel valued and heard when they leave your company. Do you know anyone like this? Do you have anyone like this in your life? And are you like this? Now, we're coming up on a break, and I just received an email that I think is timely. It's brief, and it's to the point. It's from Daniel, and he says, Jim, what is your definition of success? What I'd like to do is take a break. I'm reminding you this is the serve hour, and you're in conversation on the Voice America Business Channel with Jim Blackburn, that be me, and we're discussing the double-edged sword called success. When we come back, I want to answer that question, and I want to share with you three underlying reasons that determine whether a person lives more toward the cutting edge or the bloody edge of success. So we will be right back. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Would you like to have a personal conversation with Jim Blackburn, the host of the Serve Hour? He's available and is interested in hearing from you. And what might you expect when you visit with Jim? These are some of the things that people are saying. Jim, over the course of an hour, taught me about self-awareness and my personal blind spots. This was a very simple concept that I probably have heard many times before, but never with the detail and the explanation of how it would impact my business and relationships. This started a 10-year relationship that I value tremendously. 
Jim helped me see the difference between multitasking things and multitasking people. Being fully present with other people creates immeasurable value in those relationships. If you or someone you know would benefit by having a conversation with Jim, he can be reached by email at jblackburn at servepartners.com. That's S-U-R-V-E partners.com. Or by phone at 919-969-2522. Jim will respond to you as soon as possible and looks forward to hearing from you. Game-changing technologies and strategies are transformational, exciting, and disruptive. They shake up your status quo, get your thinking about new ways to scale, compete, and grow, and move you in new directions. You're invited to take your coffee break with Game Changers on Tuesdays at 7 a.m. Pacific, 10 a.m. Eastern Time for our special series on The Digital World. Learn how to be the savvy leader who looks ahead to the next wave of business innovation, Digital World with Game Changers, presented by SAP on the Business Channel. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. This is the Serve Hour. We know you have something to say, so take part in our conversation today. Please call in to 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to jblackburn at servepartners.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome back to our conversation about the double-edged sword called success. I'm Jim Blackburn, your host. And I want to remind you again that I'm interested in hearing your thoughts, questions, or any other ideas you have about today's topic. If you're in the U.S., it's 866-472-5790. And if you're international, outside the U.S., 001-480-398-3352. Okay, before we took a break, I mentioned an email that we got. Well, we have two more. Uh, The second one is, why do most people have vague definitions of success? And, you know, in all the years that I've been doing the work I'm doing, I've never had a person ask me that. So I want to get to that one. And then I have one here that's also making me smile. It's from my former wife, Susie. Hi, Susie. And she says, I know. Ha, ha, ha. And what she's referring to is the day in the office of the receptionist. Some years back when she said, you're going to marry him? (laughs) Okay. Let me talk a little bit about my definition of success. And I don't want you to think that I used our time away to come up with it. Actually, had you asked me that question back when Susie walked into the receptionist's office, back when I was in sales, back when I was running my business, I would have been all over the board. It was all about money. It was all about pleasure. It was all about trappings of success. I was full of that. And as I shared with you earlier, I was not an easy person to be around. In fact, during that period of time, I heard these words from my 12-year-old. You're no fun to be around. You're always in a hurry. And when I grow up, I don't want to be like you. 
Oh, he also threw in that you're angry a lot, too. What is my definition today, and what has it been for the past 10 years? It's simple, it's clear, it's concise, and it's attainable on a daily basis. And the definition is, I want to be involved with, accomplish that which results in the feelings that I want to experience most of the time. And those feelings are fulfillment, peace, joy, meaning, love, and a sense of accomplishment. Now, the question here about why do most people have vague definitions of success? Wow. Let me think just here for a second. And I'd love to ask some of you listeners what you think that might be. My first thoughts would be it's fear of failure. It's fear of being criticized by others. I think back to when I was in sales and how all of us resisted submitting our objectives or goals for the year and how management was always asking us to do more and how every year at the end of the year when our production board would go blank, I would have anxiety attacks over how am I going to accomplish next year what I did this year, having to start all over. And remember, my definition was about winning. It was about making lots of money. I also think there's a reason people are vague, because they lack what is called commitment. And commitment, lack of, is lack of trust in self. So that would be my response to that, and I appreciate that email. Okay, now... I also told you before we went to break, I'm going to share with you three reasons why people tend to move in either the direction toward the bloody edge or the cutting edge. And again, what I would like to ask you to do is I would like you to draw, either on your iPad or on a piece of paper, a horizontal line through the middle. And on the left side of that horizontal line, I want you to put the words, doesn't have much. And on the right side of that horizontal line, I want you to put the words, has everything. And now what I want you to do is to tell me, or actually think with me, where would you put success on that line. More to the left, don't have much, or more to the right, which is where you have everything. Now, I showed this once to a, a client of mine who was on the cover of Fortune magazine or Forbes magazine um, as one of the wealthiest men in the country some years ago. And he said to me, Jim, on this line, I would be in the next county. And that was true. So success, I think, with most of us thinking about it, would be more to the right. We call this having a need to have. When you ask young people coming out of school, why did you take your first job? Most of the answers are because it paid me the most. Now, Having is one of the three drivers. Having what you say, income, lifestyle, 
family, lifestyle again, more income again. And the reason I said it that way is because when you're focused on having, the problem is you'll never have enough. Now what I want you to do to complete this diagram is to draw a vertical line from top to bottom that cuts right through the middle of your horizontal line. And what I want you to do at the top of that line, I want you to write the words fulfillment, meaning, peace, joy, love. Those are feelings. This vertical line is an emotional line. The horizontal line is a tangible line. At the bottom of that vertical line, I want you to write the words anxious, fearful, dread, anger. Now, when I had my client who was clear into the next county draw this diagram, and I said to him, where are you now on this diagram? He said, I am in the extreme lower right quadrant. And I'm going to call that quadrant two. And I said to him, how do you feel about it? He said, I'm troubled by this, Jim, for two reasons. I've been down here for most of my life, or I've been over in quadrant one, which is to the left. I've always been below that horizontal line. And I'm troubled by it, one, because I've lived here all my life, and two, most of the people I know are down here with me. Now, let me tell you who he is. He founded a company, took it public, and literally, literally made hundreds of millions of dollars as a result of that. Let me also tell you who he was. He was a high school dropout, left home at the age of 16, told by his parents that he would never amount to anything, and has lived with that for most of his life. And that feeling still drives him. Next to the, the, the vertical line, I want you to write the word prove. This is the second driver that has us doing the things that we do. We are proving. Have I lived down below that line? I never lived over in quadrant run one because I grew up in a upper middle class family, but I definitely lived in the second quadrant, the lower right triangle, proving. What was I trying to prove? I was trying to prove that I was good enough. I wasn't a good book student. I always viewed students that got better grades as being better than me. I always viewed people that lived in bigger homes as better than me. I always viewed people that had nicer lifestyle as better than me. And most of my adult life, I spent down there proving. Sharon, the example I gave you earlier about the executive with the International Bank, when I showed her this diagram, she looked at me and said, do you know who I am? And I said, I have a feeling I'm going to learn. She said, I was 
sexually abused by my stepfather as a teenager. My mother was aware of it. I was thrown out of the house after I graduated from high school. I lived in a car for three months. I have three master's degrees. I'm working on the fourth. Does that explain to you a little bit about me and why I work the way I work? Those stories are all true. Me, Sharon, and the fellow that's in the next county. Now, the question is, how do you move above that line? And let me go to another email that we've just received. And this one is saying, what's wrong with wanting to make a lot of money? Nothing as long as it's working for you. And I have those questions asked of me all the time. You are doing nothing wrong. You are not misdirected in any way as long as it's working for you. And if it's not working for you, then the question is why do you continue to do what you're doing? I think it was Einstein that once said, doing the same things over and over and over, expecting different results is a form of insanity. The other issue with money in our society is it's symbolic. What is it? If you listened to our broadcast a few weeks back, you heard Maury Shetman define success as choices. So money is choices. And I hear a lot of sales managers say, well, I want to hire salespeople that want to make a lot of money. And I say to them, well, don't you want to know why? So it doesn't make any difference. As long as they want to make a lot of money, as long as they're hungry, I want that salesperson because I know they're going to perform. And my response to that is, that's not sustainable. And their performance at best will be temporary. And my guess would be, that when you hire that person, they tend to live in la-la land, they're hard to manage, and they're hard for you to keep around. All right, so now take a look at the diagram. Where are you? Where would you like to be? Does it make sense? And do you know how to move up into quadrants two or three where you're feeling peaceful, fulfilled, a sense of meaning, a sense of accomplishment? Now, another email has just come in, and they're asking me to be more specific about the proving and what that's about. Proving is part of who we are. Proving when we grow up, from the child's mindset to the adolescent's mindset to what we call the grown-up's mindset. And the grown-up is really an adolescent that looks like an adult. And then we go to the adult's mindset. The child's mindset and the adolescent's mindset is always about pleasing, improving, and belonging. 
The adult's mindset is about acceptance, no need to prove, and the ability to view success through the eyes of a contributor, through the eyes of delayed gratification, and through the eyes of making a difference and contributing to the well-being of others. Now, we're coming up on another break. I want to remind you again that this is the Serve Hour, and you're in conversation on the Voice America Business Channel with Jim Blackburn, that be me, discussing the double-edged sword called success. When we come back, I want to share with you my thoughts on how to live in the quadrants, number three and number four, above the horizontal line labeled having. And I want you to put the word be, and it's B-E, next to that line, the vertical line above the horizontal line. I hope I'm not confusing you. I want you to put the word be there. And then I'm also going to tell you a story about a person who lived most of their life in quadrant two, then went to quadrant one, then went to quadrant three, and then ended up in quadrant four. So when we come back, we have a lot more to discuss. We'll be back in a minute. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Would you like to have a personal conversation with Jim Blackburn, the host of the Serve Hour? He's available and is interested in hearing from you. And what might you expect when you visit with Jim? These are some of the things that people are saying. Jim, over the course of an hour, taught me about self-awareness and my personal blind spots. This was a very simple concept that I probably have heard many times before, but never with the detail and the explanation of how it would impact my business and relationships. This started a 10-year relationship that I value tremendously. Jim helped me see the difference between multitasking things and multitasking people. Being fully present with other people creates immeasurable value in those relationships. If you or someone you know would benefit by having a conversation with Jim, he can be reached by email at jblackburn at servepartners.com. That's S-U-R-V-E partners.com. Or by phone at 919-969-2522. Jim will respond to you as soon as possible and looks forward to hearing from you. Conversations concerning money can be a bit daunting. There can be limitations with building wealth. And in general, people don't want to discuss their money until now. Listen each week for Conversations with Money, featuring Franco Caligiuri and Marissa Sipolinski. Our guests make money the conversation piece. How to build and maintain wealth, working with charities, and money and family members. Listen every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. This is the Serve Hour. We know you have something to say. 
So take part in our conversation today. Please call in to 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to jblackburn at servepartners.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome back to our conversation. You are listening to Voice America Business Channel and the Serve Hour. I'm Jim Blackburn, and I'm discussing the double-edged sword called success. Before our break, I mentioned I would be sharing my thoughts on how to live in the quadrants above the horizontal line labeled having. But before I do that, I want to address a couple of emails that came as we were breaking. And uh, the first one is from Gary. Gary mentions uh, or asks if I can reconcile the fact that I've defined success as attainable on a daily basis, and I also added in that it contains delayed gratification. Um, great question. Um, what, what I define as delayed gratification is more about what you feel than what you have. And the delayed gratification is a sense that you will have as you are contributing to making a difference in another person's life, when you are contributing in ways that you know because you're in your adult, you're centered, you know that you've provoked thought and you've caused them to stretch and to go beyond where they would normally go. It's a feeling that you have. You will also uh, feel the delay gratification over time, but that success must be experienced daily for it to be, as I'm telling you, and it's a form of living closer to the cutting edge. It's really what we're here for. It's what we're about. So, Gary, thank you for that. And I have a note here from Sandy. She said, you mentioned self-awareness as being an important component of the cutting edge of success. I agree. Could that, in fact, be the first step towards transforming from the bloody edge to the cutting edge? And my answer is absolutely. Acceptance is the first step. And becoming more accepting which will then allow you to accept others in the world you're in, is the first step in becoming that adult, as I say. Centered, no need to prove, focused on people, and contributing and making a difference. Now, I also mentioned I was going to help you understand how to move above the line. And I'm going to share three, three things here that I want you to think about. The first is I want to ask you if you have or if you are aware of your achievement formula. My achievement formula growing up and through most of my professional life was if I do, i.e., if I work hard, I will have i.e., I will have income, and I will then be. If I do, I will have, and then I will be. If I do work hard, I will have, 
income, substantial income, and then I will be successful. I will be happy. Well, you tell me. When your 12-year-old is saying, you're always in a hurry, you're always angry, you're no fun to be around, and when I grow up, I want to be like you. How successful was I? So the idea then is, first of all, examine your achievement formula. To live above the line, you want to be. Be who you're meant to be. And I'll say it this way. You are a human being, not a human doing. How you be is who you are, not what you do. I'll give you an example of this. And again, I will use me to illustrate this. Over the past 20 years, I've spent extended times in airports. And I can recall back after 9-11 when the lines through security were long, laborious, and took forever to get through. And the lines at ticket counters were long. And back then, if you were to ask any ticket agent at United Airlines in O'Hare Airport, who is that guy standing over there, and point to me, you would probably hear he's rude, he's angry, he's unpleasant to be around, he's disrespectful, and I really don't care for him. Now, is that who I want to be? No. Now, the beauty here is you have choices. And I'll share a story with you about how that works. And this can't be a check the box. This has to be from within. This has to be from your heart. But I can remember being in O'Hare, standing in that long line waiting to get a ticket. I had flown in that morning. I had checked my messages in a meeting that I had that was going to cause me to stay over until the next day in Chicago was canceled. So I found that I could fly home that evening. So I called United, got them to switch the flight. So I was flying out at 5 o'clock that afternoon. So I'm in line. I'm feeling good. want to get home, get up to the ticket counter, and the agent and I look at each other, and I say, I'm Jim Blackburn. I'm on the such-and-such flight that's departing today at 5 o'clock. She looks at her screen and looks at me and says, no, you're not. And I said, what? She said, no, you're not. Oh, here you are. You're on the flight tomorrow at 5. Okay, here's where I can make a choice now. I can go back to my old familiar, or I can be who I want to be and who I'm choosing to be. And I looked at my feet for a minute. I looked up at her. And I said to her, you know, I just want to go home. Is there anything you can do to help me get on a flight today? And she said, let me look. She looked down at her screen. I stood there. I could feel my heart pounding. I was very uncomfortable with this, but I really wanted to go home. And she felt it. She looks up at me. She says, are you carry-ons or did you check your bags? And I said, they're carry-ons. And she said, I can get you on the 130 flight, which is departing in about 15 minutes. Do you mind flying first class? I said, 
no. Is it going to cost me anymore? She said, no, it's my, my gift to you. I'll get you through security. She printed out the ticket. She came around. She shook my hand, thanked me for being a United customer, and walked me to the head of security and said, this person needs to get on this flight, and they ushered me through. Now, that's a true story. And that was a learning experience for me as I learned much more about me and how I was choosing to live my life. So the achievement formula that I want you to think about is first be. Be who you are. Decide that first thing in the morning. Who are you going to be today? Then go about doing. And when you're doing, you will have what you really deserve and what you really want to have. So instead of do, have, be, it's be, then do, then have. If you live that way, you will be above that line, that horizontal line. Second thing I want to share with you is a quote from the Dalai Lama. And I read this many years ago as I was going through my own personal transformation. And I've never forgotten it. The more we care for the happiness of others, the greater is our sense of well-being. Cultivating a close, warm-hearted feeling for others automatically puts the mind at ease. This helps remove whatever fears or insecurities we may have and gives us the strength to cope with any obstacles we encounter. It is the ultimate source of success in life. This quote is what I call an intentional quote. If you remember these words as you begin every day, as you begin every meeting, as you do what you're doing, and I'm going to repeat it again. The more we care for the happiness of others, the greater is our own sense of well-being. Wow. That says volumes to me. Cultivating a close, warm-hearted feeling for others automatically puts the mind at ease. Boy, could I use that. My mind was always racing but it was because I was focused on things. I was focused on measurements. I was focused on outcomes. I didn't even see people. Cultivating a close, warm-hearted feeling for others. This helps remove whatever fears or insecurities we may have and gives us the strength to cope with our many obstacles. It is the ultimate source of success in life. The third thing I want to share with you, which we talked about in a prior broadcast, is the ability to promote the value and potential of other people. Remember when I described the person that is closer to the cutting edge, I said they listen and ask more than they tell and talk. Promoting the value of another person how do you do that? Well, we all have a need to feel valued, and we all have a need to feel heard. If you will focus on giving other people voice, 
if you genuinely care about others and want to know about more about them and who they are, seek to understand, seek to know them. And then promoting potential in another person is saying indirectly, I believe in you, and you're challenging them to go beyond where they are. You're saying to them, I know you. I believe in you. Those, that type of focus, along with the Dalai Lama quote, along with be who you are first, will put you above the line. Now, what I want to do is tell you a story about a man who I knew extremely well, living in Quadrant 2. He was a college football player, played professional football, came out of football, became a very um, successful manufacturer's rep in the steel industry, made lots of money. But he also played hard, lived hard, treated people abruptly, highly distrustful, involved in a lot of litigation, and as he led that type of life, he drifted back to quadrant one, where he lost pretty much everything he had. He had to declare bankruptcy. He had debt on top of debt. He was into alcohol, into drugs. He literally had lost pretty much everything. Then he got sick. When he got sick, his family started surfacing around. And what they found was that he was on Medicaid. He was living almost homeless. And his sister took him in. And his brother, who hadn't spoken to him for at least five years, reconnected with him. And by the way, that brother was me. And in that first encounter, I said to him, he was, di- he was diagnosed with terminal cancer. He was given two years to live. And I said to him, are you fearful? Are you scared? He said, of what? Dying. Let's try dying. And he said, I'm not afraid to die. I just don't want to die too soon. And I said to him, what's too soon? And he started to cry. And he looked at me and said, Jim, my life has been a total mess. And I've been asking myself that question for longer than you will ever know. I don't know. Now, we're up against the end of the broadcast. I want to finish this story, but I'm going to have to do it next week when we come back with our next broadcast. I hope this broadcast has shed some light for you on some of the issues that people don't speak about relative to success, and I hope it's giving you a new awareness of how you can become more successful. Next, our next broadcast, I want to be talking about the power of your mind's eye and when left unmanaged, how it holds you captive to your past, which is the primary contributor to a person's career struggles. It's been a pleasure visiting with you, 
and I want to thank you for sharing part of your day with me. This has been the Serve Hour, and I'm Jim Blackburn. Hope to see you next week. Thank you for listening to the Serve Hour's provocative conversation. Please rejoin your host, Jim Blackburn, during the Serve Hour, each Wednesday at 6 a.m. Pacific Time, 9 a.m. Eastern Time, on the Voice America Business Channel.